Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hello? Hello? I'm... I'm all alone. What am I doing? I've never hosted a podcast by myself before. I always had my co-host Brian Rodriguez, the host of High School Slumber Party. Well, I guess I'm your host, Kyle Reinfried. This is Foodie Films. I feel like a, a kid lost at the supermarket. A head chef without a sou. Why am I even going with this kind of bit to open the podcast with? Well, I guess I couldn't pass up using a Queen song. Thanks for the boost of confidence, Freddy. Now I'm ready. Order up! One new opening song. Tasty was that intro song. Ladies and gentlemen, the kitchen is open. Again, I'm your host, Kyle Reinfried, your chef de cinema cuisine. Welcome to Foodie Films. I have so many people to thank. First, Joey Lewandowski and Michael Manzi, the founders of the Cage Club Network, for letting me to continue to be part of their podcast family. Chris and Siobhan of the band The Fuzz, you guys... I mean, you took those silly lyrics I wrote and you made this amazing composition and Siobhan killing it on vocals. You guys gotta go out and check out the band The Fuzz. Uh, Then Chris Leon Mangan for his always fantastic artwork. He also did it for P.S. I Love Hoffman. Speaking of P.S. I Love Hoffman, thank you Brian Rodriguez, my former podcast co-host, for just being there and, you know, to bounce ideas off of. And of course, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister Courtney, my brother-in-law Adam, you know, even my newborn niece Elizabeth. 
thank you guys so much. You're just always there. So much support. And just, like, always, you know, telling people to listen. And uh, if you're listening because of them, uh, well, I hope you enjoy this. This is the first episode. So let me just give you an idea of what you're in store for. I love food. I love film. This podcast is just the perfect crossroads, the food and film fusion. And so every episode, I'm going to have on a guest or multiple guests, whether they're a friend or somebody new or they, you know, they work in uh, food or drink or they're just a, a big foodie, you know? I mean, that's, that, that's what I am. Sure, I, I do love to cook. Uh, you know, I worked at a deli for a little bit. I'm no pro. But if you follow me on Instagram, I hope you do, and then especially this podcast Instagram, you're going to see a bunch of food pics, because that's what I do. I do what they call feed the phone. And so anyway, on this podcast, uh, we're just going to talk food in general, we're going to highlight a specific food-centric film, and then we're going to have fun and we're going to pick a random food scene out of a hat, and then towards the end I just have a nice little... uh, multiple question just you know want them to the guests to rattle off their answers as fast as possible so without further ado uh this first episode we're talking julie and julia it's a 2009 film starring meryl streep meryl streep okay Uh, i wanted to start this podcast off strong And, and you can't go you can't do bigger than meryl you just can't and, but even big, you know, to add to Merrill, you've got Amy Adams, Stanley Tucci, Mr. Tucci, a foodie himself, okay? And he's definitely going to be in some uh, foodie films that we cover in the future. And so, besides that cast, 2009 movie, it's a great, really cool movie. And so I wanted, just as, as strong of a movie as it was, I wanted a strong guest. And I chose Chef and a friend of mine, Carly Niehoff, and... I, I just want to say it was so much fun talking with her. She's such a gifted chef. I've gotten to film a couple of her like food pop-up stands at like a music festival and a street festival in the city. And she's just so gifted, and she's just a delight to be around. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So here we go. Look at you opening. Uh, yeah, opening up the beer with the with the what kind is it? What uh, what 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 kind of knife was that? Serrated bread knife. A serrated bread knife. <laughs> All right, looking to open it up like a pro. <laughs> 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 okay. <clears throat> there we go. Sibilance, sibilance. Well, che- cheers. Cheers, man. Oh, we're making it happen. Beers. Look at us. Happen. Business you're, people. You're being recorded. Okay. Mm. <laughs> hey, here Do we you are. feel the pressure? Is this a similar feeling to the first time, like, you, you know, you went to a kitchen, right? That just is the same, right? I mean, totally. It's, the pressure's on. It's like, mic's out. People have to hear me. You know, like, can I borrow your salt? Like, man. <laughs> can I say it one more time? Pass it. I'll just get my own. Don't worry about it. Carly, thank you so much for joining me. This is this is the first episode of Foodie Films. What? You're 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 christening. You're the first guest. Oh, God. God, what a better pick. Thank you so much right. for having me. <laughs> I'm here with Carly Neoff. 
Yes, that's right. Is the, is the H like Niehoff? Niehoff. Niehoff. You know, uh, uh, my brother used to play hockey, and everybody used to call him like, "Oh, is your last name Miehoff?" But it's, oh. it's, it's like Jack Miehoff. But not really. <laughs> it's like, no, it's Niehoff. But so don't get it twisted. All right. <laughs> and uh, well, again, so you're the fr- well, well, everybody, welcome. I'm gesturing to the to the sky right now but this is the first episode of foodie films uh, my new podcast on the cage club podcast network so uh i'm a little rusty since p.s i love hoffman my last podcast so bear with me <laughs> but this is a much more we're, we're drinking we, we had a few, a few drinks on some episodes of p.s i love hoffman but this is a this is food food is relaxing maybe well the eating part Yes. I can't say you work in food. You are a chef. Food is life. Food is life. That's it. I got one skill. And so that's not. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) But food is not exactly probably relaxing for you in that aspect, right? Or is it? Um, it's very. uh, It yes and no. I mean, it's it's very it's very stressful sometimes being like around like somebody's grandma that's cooking her meatballs for me like i i can't sit the there family like, learning the family di- that's I, the stressful I, part well i can't pick it apart i'm like this kind of needs more salt maybe oh that's like, okay know? yeah so like i'm very picky in terms of myself i okay. feel like every thing i need to eat needs to be like the last meal on this earth you know like <laughs> you won't that. catch me dead making myself like a cheese quesadilla which is why <laughs> i go out and i eat like oysters or just oysters because i'm just, just obsessed because you can't fuck that up you, you and know? me both you and me both yep can't mess that up sorry <laughs> keep friendly <laughs> uh but what about i mean so again you're you're a chef a, f- a female chef. What is that? I mean, that just, I mean, from stressful to pr- pressure or um, just like, I mean, you definitely. It's you, more about just, uh, just coming in guns blazing, you know, bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you don't, I, from what I've learned, I don't have any time to have any, um, rusty days or any days where I'm not like 120%, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's all about coming in, doing the job because I've earned my, my place now where now I'm like an expensive employee, you know? So I need to come in ready to work, not being distracted and also work 10 times faster and harder than my other female peers, my male peers. Like, uh, I, you know, when I worked at David Burke, there was this, there was this girl, We'll call her Melissa. That's not her name. Okay. But, so it's definitely not that one. But Melissa. But Melissa. We'll go Melissa. Like that. And so here she is. She's got like her acrylic nails and she's <laughs> just like her husband's like a doctor and she's just her dad's knows all these people. So her dad knew David Burke that got her this job because she's like a trophy wife yeah. and needs something to do, you know, and this girl every day at David Burke had all these cuts and band-aids and and someone like her just gave someone like me a bad rap like a bad Mm -hmm. name I'm like like get your shit together work hard stop being like a little girl about shit be a good representation of yeah so like that's my thing like I'm gonna cook circles around you and Uh also all the men but I need to also like promote and motivate you to like be better than this little girl scout that like you're playing out to be on the line when in the restaurants 
industry, so to speak. David Burke, that's pretty impressive. When, I mean, well, when, 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 when was that in, in your So that was my timeline? whole movement of uh, moving to Manhattan. Okay. Um, so fresh from culinary school, I worked at a country club in Long Island, and I was the uh, executive sous chef and pastry chef there. Mm. And then I, like my second year into that job, I started running all of their off-premise catering, uh, doing their packouts, and then being like the, the liaison, the 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 supervisor on site okay. or like with with eight staff or whatnot. And so I met David Burke at um, Hampton Studios out in the Hamptons. This is such a funny story. I'm thinking about it. but Because um, <laughs> like we, we showed up with nine staff. We were doing um, cocktail hour and uh, first course and dessert. And then there was like special guest chefs that showed up. Oh, wow. okay. And so David Burke walked in with, David Burke and his executive sous chef, uh, ex- his executive, his corporate executive chef, excuse me, Chris Shea, and um, two people for a 475 person, five course sit down dinner in a Hamptons gala. Like, like this is what I say when like I love seeing restaurant chefs cater because yeah. they don't know what the hell they are doing. They don't know <laughs> what they're walking into. Yeah. What they think entails. like yeah. they think there's gonna be running water and like all these things and a walk-in refrigerator, like all these things available. It's like you give me a corn a cornfield. I will give you a seven course dinner. Like that's where I shine. Ooh. You know, I know it's like, it's a real thing. That's a mic drop right there. It's been a lot of like child <laughs> ever, man. But like, it's like a, almost like a bragging right at yeah. this point that I can cater in any form of situation. But it's so, a tough Long Island girl coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's coming in hot. Totally. <laughs> but uh, David Burke showed up with 12 sheet pans of raw, unseared filet mignon that like, there was no access to like heat. Yeah. So I know how to cook with sterno, like a shaping dish with the sterno with the blue flames, you know? So picture a big a big three foot by two foot metal chamber cabinet yeah. freestanding with a uh, this is what we call a number ten can. It's just like the like your chef Boyardee cans. Uh-huh. Picture that like five times a gigantic sterno. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So here we are <laughs> trying to light light this bitch up and and pre-sear and cook these raw filet mignons. And David Burke, as soon as he got there, just left crochet like in the weeds. And I went to him like, dude, like you need help right now. And he's like, he's got so much pride. He would never ask anybody. Uh-huh. And I basically told him, I'm doing this for you. This is what needs to happen. I think you have no idea of like a timeline yeah, when yeah. this needs to go out. And I see like all your raw products right over there. This is how I can help you. And you're not going to tell me no. And so basically that whole scenario with they were doing the second course right after our first course, but it was already preset. So they are now going into their second course with all this raw filet mignon. It was like this steak wedge salad raw meat, you know, and just, I told you, this is how I can help you, like, don't deny it, you know, and so, basically, oh, that was just, like, a walking shit show, (laughs) (laughs) and so, uh, at the end of the event, like, he's, like, like, he's, Chris Shea, he's, 
this was a very form of him humbling himself, even just asking about me because he he's got so much pride he wouldn't invest his time in anybody yeah, yeah. But he's like so what do you do what are you doing and i was like oh i just got out of school i've been working with this company and i'm looking for my my window to go into manhattan and then from that moment he gave me his business card and then that made me move to manhattan for that job working at david burke kitchen on grand street I worked there for 11 months. I moved to St. Mark's Place, not knowing how expensive it was. I was like, <laughs> all right, that seems okay. <laughs> and um, basically, that, I didn't really know what I was signing myself up for for that job, but that job basically relied on me surviving on 13 hours of overtime just to afford my rent. Ooh. And that's when I got like really obsessed with the show Lost. Because I'd work like 12 to 2 for like six days. And I'd get out of work like 2.30, 3 in the morning. Like, okay, Carly, you can only watch four episodes of Lost tonight. Like portion control. Because I need to (laughs) to have something to look forward to to the next day. It was the best six months of my life. I love that show. (laughs) Wow. That is... That's a story. I know, and I've been in Manhattan for six years now. Look at that. Yeah. Right? And you, and you started out, so you went to culinary school, and you started out as a pastry chef, correct? Or, or So what? it's yeah. a really funny story. So basically, I've, um, uh, I always wanted to be a dolphin trainer. So I applied to... <laughs> same. I applied same. to... I mean, yeah, you know. same yeah. right? Who doesn't want to be yeah. a dolphin trainer? <laughs> uh, so I applied to 15 colleges, like 15 applications, 15 application fees, 14 of them were for marine biology in eight different states. And then I ended up going to like the one culinary school out of like the 15 colleges, the one (laughs) culinary school that just happened to work out. And then because my guidance counselor didn't know how people applied to culinary school, so we just applied to the culinary program thinking that pastry was like in like an like an under an umbrella of culinary you apply for culinary and then you apply for pastry not knowing those are two different departments so i didn't get into the pastry program because it was too late in listening into that okay so then they sat there and said well you could take a year off go to a different campus or just do culinary first and then do pastry i was like all right sure i'll do culinary and then so i have an associate's in culinary bachelor's in pastry I graduated uh, four years in three because Johnson and Wales works, Johnson Wales and Providence um, works on trimesters. So every summer I utilized that to be all my internships and that shaved off an entire year of school wow. while working and doubling up on labs and academics. So I, sh- I got a bachelor's degree yeah. and an associate's in three years. But the best thing that's ever happened to me was in school, first off, um, I was in. A, I did a work study in storeroom, and at first, I was it, like, it was just more of like money being taken off my tuition. Okay. But that made me very frustrated because I'm not getting paid. I, yeah. It's just it's, it's like <laughs> invisible money I'm spending all my time. Sure, like I don't sure. get it. But it was secretly the best thing that could have happened because I was very familiarized with all of campus. All of the chefs know me. Mm-hmm. I know what they need. I know where they are, like, in terms of, like, campus and whatnot. So then going into every class, I immediately became the teacher's pet. So I just worked really fast, and then I finished everything before everybody, and now I'm, like, this glorified little <laughs> errand girl. Yeah. And it's great, you know? So, and then that, with all of that culinary um, 
exposure going into a pastry degree. So they're, te they're, they're teaching these kids that are very raw, innocent little angels, a, like a cookie cutter way to, to do pastry. And now I learned this rustic, you know, little this, little that, you can fudge the system going into pastry. So I worked so much faster than all the pastry girls, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, I, I don't, I know the science, but I know what you can and cannot fudge, you know. No pun so, intended. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, fudge is <laughs> you know. Hate fudge. <laughs> you hate fudge? I do hate fudge. It's Why? Just, what did it ever do to you? It's too fudgy. It's just, it's, it's just too there, much. You heard it here, just, folks. Fudge is too fudgy. It's too much Is anything that. not too fudgy? Uh, would you, what would you describe as fudgy that's not fudge, that's not too fudgy? Silly putty. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that was so that was just the best uh, the best blessing in disguise that I just you know I was a salty peanut about the whole time. I don't why am I doing this work study? It's so annoying. And then here I am coming into every lab, every segment in school, knowing all the chefs, being familiarized with the campus and other chefs and where to go. Oh, go borrow this from this chef. Go go over here and get this for me. And doing culinary first, I had a quicker pace than my pastry peers. Also, that being said, I'm a junior in freshman classes. So I'm two years older than everybody. So I just... I'm. I immediately excelled through college. It was just really a beautiful blessing. And awesome. it was just uh, Johnson & Wales really provided me with every form of tool of what I needed to uh, grow into, like, basically not just basics, but, like, other skills that people don't don't recognize till later yeah. on. You That's know, like so. an up there school when it comes to, I, I always hear that in the world of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, basically if they had a football team, they would be a Ivy league, but Ooh. that's the only thing that made them not. Ivy league. Ah. You know, but basically uh, CIA like breeds and breads assholes. Johnson and Wales wants people like a raw potato. They want you to be not manipulated by experience and whatnot. They want to take you in your rawest, purest, not understanding form. And they will present you with fundamentals. And this is why things are this way, because it's coming down the family tree, you yeah. know, so that, uh, again, that was just the best blessing with no experience going into culinary school. It just really set me up for everything I've ever needed to know. These are, I love your stories. These Thank are, you. <laughs> you're definitely going to have juice box yeah. and suck it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I mean, I'm saying this before the podcast is already beginning, but I already know. Got to have you on for another episode. Yes. Uh, before we jump into the, the movie at hand, uh, when would you say, so, I mean, this will be different for every guest that I have on, cause I'll have on professionals such as yourself to, uh, you know, people that just Instagram and blog to then just, you know, foodies, people that just love food. But what, when did you first fall in love with food and just, or me, or, and then, you know, part B to that question, when did you kind of realize then, I mean, you were saying that you also wanted to be a dolphin trainer, and then <laughs> that was in college, and you were still applying for that, but when did you, like, realize, yeah, this is my calling? Um, so, when I was younger, I always um, uh, painted. I always uh, had a very artistic, crafty side mm -hmm. to me. Uh, I won, like, first and second place in adult art competition, and they, like, 
the judges sponsor me to go to Manhattan School of Visual Arts for painting, wow. like for, for high school. And I chose I did not want to do that. Excuse the burp. <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking beer. We're drinking beer, people. Um, and uh, so that was when I was younger. I was known as the family, as the artist, the painter, you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, um, with winning that art show and this presented with this opportunity, I knew at that moment that, that art and painting did stress me out and, and um, uh, gave me a little bit of anxiety because I am a perfectionist. And it's like everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's so great. And I just see all these imperfections. Huh. You know, so. Interesting. Art and painting is usually, you know, something to de use as a yeah, de-stressing it, it, tool. I mean, everybody can see it, that it looks great, but I could see how it could just be better. And it's just like hard to just want to do more or cut yourself off you know mm-hmm. it's 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 that like something in your brain we have to say just let it go it's fine yeah. you know so that's it was very hard for me to do and so I knew that wasn't I can't live my life with that anxious feeling of just more competition down the road being presented to me like that so with that being said I've always loved to bake I'm also the most colorful person you're like ever going to meet in your life. So I was trying to explain how can I bring like my artistic side and my colors, my vibrancy and my love for baking like all together. And it was like, Oh, I'll just go to culinary school. Yeah. You know, so that, and it's funny with the, the whole thing about getting a bachelor's in pastry, I achieved every single pastry goal. I set for myself. I was an executive pastry chef of the Viceroy Hotel, so I want to be a pastry chef of a hotel. I was a pastry chef of a country club, pastry chef of a restaurant. I opened up restaurants for pastries. So I did, I basically like checked off everything in the categories and even working for Danny Meyer, the PM pastry sous chef there, you know. uh, um, And then it kind of, I kind of grew out of it, you know, because it is very structured, when I'm like, I'm like, hey, it's fine. You can kind of like, you can fudge it a little bit. You can push it a little bit. But everybody's like, no, 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 you can't. It, that became very frustrating. So okay. I, that's when I had this revelation that I'm a way better savory chef than I am a pastry chef. Oh. And just just from the get-go, just embracing culinary school uh, and me being a visual learner yeah. and working with my hands, it was just destined that I'm going to be a way better chef than Dolphin Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's okay. Would you ever become a, a chef for a dolphin? Uh, yeah. Like a famous dolphin. Flipper. I heard he just passed away. Oh. Maybe. I would still do it. Oh, <laughs> this episode is dedicated to Flipper. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> so... So savory versus you know sweet, you know and pastries. Improvisation is just more due for I guess than the savory food. It was, yeah. Was, so like me, me nowadays as a pastry chef, I refer to myself like my style. Pe- people have a lot of like finesse and they're very tight and clean. Yeah. I refer to myself as being very rustic, and I'm also extremely resourceful there's bananas or strawberries floating around in the walk and you just like pull something out of your ass you know it's <laughs> like I, that that's what i do best you uh-huh. know um also bringing in a little bit of a savory element to pastries like 
I once had this chef who hated me but told me this was like the proudest dessert he's, I've ever made. I made this popcorn panna cotta. And popcorn it was Popcorn yes. panna cotta. Yes. All right. All right. Describe this for us. Okay. So basically I took like a creme anglaise liquid base and I soaked popped buttery popcorn into this, this milk base. My mouth is watering right and now. And then I and strained it and pushed out all that popcorn flavor. Uh-huh. And I made like caramelized, um, kind of like a caramelized toffee popcorn garnish yeah. with a uh, corn pound cake croutons and dolce de leche with like a little bit of sea salt. And I threw like pickled blueberries in there. So it's a little all over the road, but it was very yeah, sweet, but, this is... but still very savory. It was just kind of like, what's going on? But I kind of like it. And when, and when did you, and where did you make this? I did this when I was uh, the executive page chef of the Viceroy Hotel for Mark Murphy. Uh, I worked for a Kingside restaurant on 57th Street, uh, 57th and 7th in the Viceroy Hotel. I was the executive page chef for this 27th floor hotel Wow. Uh, as an independent employee. Like completely supplying all twenty nine floors, singly producing everything I touched. So even on my days off, I prepared everything for those days off, where like all hell would break loose. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so um, that was one of my best and favorite jobs ever. You know, but uh, you know you have to know what's what's right and and healthy for somebody's conscience. You know, so I did, that was a a moment where I had to step away from, from it. Cause it wasn't good for me. So, but it definitely was one of the best jobs I ever had. It's, it's interesting that you're then, I mean, there's been a couple of things through talking with you in the beginning here. That's I'm just totally seeing tied into the movie that we'll be talking about, which is 2009 Julie and Julia. Great film. Love I asked, it. I asked you, one of my faves. What, yeah, like, I had, what what film would you, you know, I started saying what films I'd be covering, and you said, oh, Julie and Julia. <laughs> Hands down, first uh, one. <laughs> but just so you say, you know, you've worked many jobs, all in food, but but this is uh, the main character, Julie. She's got her, what, it's insurance. It's put, this, mo- this movie came out in 2009, but it takes place in 2003, so not long after 9-11, and she works for, like, an insurance agency. Yes, but, but she's an aspiring um, writer who wrote a book yes. that's never been published, yeah. and she's, like, a little discouraged about that, so she's finding her place yeah. in the universe. I feel like if you're if you're listening to this show... You'll have seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, I would say watch the movie, then listen to this. But I think we should play this one scene where it's Julie is with her boyfriend, and they're just kind of, it's pretty much her, her aha moment of figuring out she should be a food, do this food blogging job. Mm-hmm. So let's play that right now. I forgot to tell you. Do you know what Annabelle's doing now? Sarah told me a blog. Of what? What do you mean of what? A blog of Annabelle. Of every thought that passes through her brain, her stupid, vapid, insipid. I could write a blog. I have thoughts. And you're a writer, which is more than I can say for Annabelle. If only that were true. You wrote a novel. Have a novel. And no one wanted to publish it. You're not a writer unless someone publishes you. See, that's what's so great about blogs. You don't have to be published. You can just go online, 
press enter, and there it is, out there. What would I write a blog about? You're an editor. Tell me. Why don't you write about how much you love Queens? A short blog. Nicole, write about your job. If I wrote a blog about my job and anyone at work ever read it, I mean, hello. This is good. Mm -hmm. This is really good. On top good. of which, the whole idea of writing a blog is to get away from what I do all day. The way that cooking is a way that I get away from what I do all day. So, write a blog about cooking. I'm not a real cook like Julia Child or Mario Batali. Julia Child wasn't always Julia Child. If I really wanted to learn to cook, I could just cook my way through Julia Child's cookbook. I could blog about that. I have a copy. I stole it from my mother last time I was in Texas. <laughs> when I was eight, my father's boss came to dinner, and it was a really big deal. And my mother made bouffe bourguignon. But it wasn't just bouffe bourguignon. It was Julia's bouffe bourguignon. And it was like she was there, like Julia was there, in the room, on our side, like some great, big, good fairy. And everything was going to be all right. There are so many things I love about that scene. <laughs> uh, I, I think the first is just... Uh, her husband's reaction, the mouthful of they're eating what, bruschetta that she made. Exactly, listen to her. It's just like, oh, this, mm, this is so good. It's like, so good. It's so good. What are you talking about? That's always the best. <laughs> I love a good food reaction, and that's a really good one. Um, I've got a question for you. Do you, do you have a favorite cookbook? Um, do I have a favorite cookbook? Uh, there's I, I have so many and they all mean like so much to me but I do have this one like uh, cookbook it's just very nostalgic to me because mm -hmm. it just reminds me of like the holidays like growing up with my family and like like we had like we used to do like cookie baskets you know and it was all these cookies we had like three books like cookie books or holiday recipes mm -hmm. But one of them had, like, every recipe. And it was just a stupid chocolate chip cookie on, on a popsicle stick. Like, what the hell? Everybody can think of that. But I grew up being like, this is the best thing ever. And we'd bring it everywhere with us. So it was just like this. I can't even tell you who wrote it, what's the name of it. I think it's just called Holiday Cookies. Uh -huh. But that's just, like, that book I still have at home in my parents' house. Like, I'll, like, treasure that forever. Because awesome. those are, like, my first you know, basic holiday cookie thing. They just kind of like that yeah. just kind of started the whole run of it, like like baking things from mm -hmm. that book, you know, so. Awesome. Yeah. What, what what do you like about this scene? What is it that, you know, her, I mean, she's taking on, it's the beginning of this Im almost near impossible task. Um, so the scene is, the scene reminds me very much of myself because like, uh, you know, I see all these people on Instagram just blogging and like quit corporate America and like uh -huh. now they know more about food than anybody because yeah. they just blew up 
And I'm like, again, I like using this word, a salty peanut. Like, <laughs> like just like she said, like, I have thoughts too, you know? Like, I like I got things to say. I just don't have time to blog and or yeah. do all that, you know? But I find I find Amy Adams bringing out a, a form of myself in, in that scene. And, you know, she's just talking about how uh, – you know, I'm I'm a writer, but like I, ha- I haven't been published. So 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 now what? Like what else can I do? And and her husband's just spit firing things that she can do. And she's like, you know what? I can cook my way through Julia Child's cookbook. People would listen and watch that. And yeah. and, and now she just gets this like big burst of motivation. That's kind of like how I feel because I'm very impulsive and spontaneous. As you would know, uh, Kyle, you helped me with my Great South Bay Music Festival. Yeah. I remember talking to my family and my brother, calling them up, being like, so I got this music festival. It's four, it's, it's four days, 20,000 people. Can I do it? Am I crazy? Or, or can I do this? Uh-huh. You know. And everybody's just like, oh, you could do anything. Of course you could do it. Let's just figure out the logistics and facts and make it work. You know. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I was just like, yeah. We're doing it. Let's go. You know, so like that. I'm, it's very relatable of just how she just convinces herself that she can, she's going to do it. And now 365 days later, she's going to be writing about this blog from Julie Child's cookbook. It's very close to home to me. Yeah. And I, and I love her story of her, you know, cause the cookbook, you know, she took it from her mom's. Uh, and she remembers a a dinner that her mom made of the, the beef bourguignon. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, love that. It's such. So, it's, <laughs> she's like Julia was in the room. Like she like it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really. I mean, it's just a it's a fun movie. Uh, great characters, great female characters, but just I love the it's the two different timelines. It's the mm-hmm. Julia and flops. her like bo- both of them discovering themselves yeah or discovering uh, yeah. their passion yeah exactly i like it how how the movie flip-flops back and forth how julia's trying to f- figure out what she's doing with and what in her life she's at a point she doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. and then amy adams is, is fast forwarding like years later like what do i do like i'm at a rock and a hard place i'm at a crossroads i need to stimulate something in me to like be happy again yeah and it's it's the only thing that's relatable to both of them is finding that joy, that happiness. And it's, it's cooking, yeah. you know, so that, that inspiration, you know, that's like, there's, I just went to a bachelorette party this weekend, you know, and like, like if I'm not cooking, I'm like, what's the point of having a chef friend? They're like, hurry, like sit down, like take the day <laughs> off. I'm like, no, like I, I got one skill. All uh-huh. right? Like I need to feed you. <laughs> like, like make me feel like helpful at yeah. least, you know? So it's just, I think it's very adorable how they're both trying to find what's going on um, in their in their lives and trying to find something that's going to, like, push them to this next level, you know. I'm, I am not a chef, but I'm the same. Like, I like cooking. And anytime I go away for the weekend with friends, either I like cooking breakfast or dinner. Don't, don't, what was that? He's so bougie. <laughs> Go away from the weekend no, is so bougie. Like, every time I see what you're doing, you're always like, eating oysters, you drinking see wine, my Instagram. There finger, we go. This is interesting. Living you were, your best freaking life. This is it. This is it. I want to, let's, let's get into this. We're going to dissect, we're going to divert uh, from the uh, uh, movie for a second. <laughs> you're seeing my Instagram. 
Yeah, and it that seems is, great. Like, yeah, it, it seems, seems like a life I want to live. That's, that's the stuff <laughs> I want to post. If I posted everything, then I would be like, wow, Just even have time for all these social well, crab I'm dinners and f- you're, you're, wine here, breweries there, and just, like, well, hanging out. And, uh, and you're a much harder worker than I am and definitely already are far more (laughs) successful in your career. I'm just envious. It's like life on the other side. No, but there's there's something to be so that you could be envious, but then you're not going to be nearly as successful as as you are right now. That's what it takes. I know. You've got uh, what it takes. I don't have the discipline. Well, So I'm like, I might as well make myself happier with other things. I have have a like almond encrusted soft shell crab. Right, I have a disgusting, <laughs> phenomenal work ethic. You do that. Uh, you really I can't shut off. You know that's but, awesome. But I got major amounts of FOMO, Kyle. You know, so like, do I. Yeah. I see your Instagram. I'm like, like, why am I not at this like vineyard <laughs> in the North Fork eating oysters in Long Island? Like, why not? Oh wait, I'm the help in the garage, like making the oysters for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, well thank you, Carly. Thank you, know, you for I, making my weekends fun. I live to serve, man. I live to serve. <laughs> You're a master of your craft. Yeah. Master Isn't that the best? Though? Isn't that the best? Seeing someone that's just masterful at what they do. I mean, I'm gonna be like confident for a second. I don't know anything. I'm not good at in go. terms of cooking. Well, I think, I think it's, <laughs> it's easy enough to say. I mean, that. So you said that you went into that program at SVA for art, and then obviously you had to have had you know the brains to apply to college, going towards like marine biology and dolphin training, mm. and then you went and you got and you went to Johnson uh, Johnson and Wells. Yeah, yeah. So that's three things right there, which is more than you know. Like, I think it's all about. Uh, a- I don't know. I'm just adapting and reacting. You're in this situation yeah. and you kind of dissect a situation and you yeah. can react this way or react that way. And it's just, that's something I'm yeah. just very good at. Fly just or fight. You are, you are fight every single time. Fighter. Yes. There we go. Like Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to what's, what's her song? Like, and big girls don't cry. Oh, God. Like like, no. No? That's no. not your... Do you have a song that motivates you? Do you have, like, a, a cook, like a playlist for when you're, like, I don't know, prepping? And Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> funny. Like, and so I love ska music and, like, reggae music. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, that's my jam. You know, so, like, I'll play on, like, the best top ten of what I got. Like, sure. Sublime, Slightly Sleeping Dirty Heads, whatnot. And then, like, I could, like, see amongst my peers if I'm DJing, like, oh, he's getting a little too much. And then it's, like, two in the morning. We have, like, three more hours of, like, prepping for this huge event, like, in New Orleans or whatnot. And I'm, like, okay, we need, like, we need a boost, people. We got to, we need a, we have reboost of confidence, motivation, <laughs> coming in hot with the Akon Pandora. Whoa. All the throwbacks, you know, Soul Survivor. You know, <laughs> like, that's, like, <laughs> Oh my god, it's like I feel like I'm on like a sweet sixteen all over again. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's a and also like a story like that reminds me of when I was in um I was working Art Basel. I was opening up a catering company that I worked for in New York's second location in Miami. Mm-hmm. And so 
here we are opening up a brand new company, and the first event that they're doing is Art Basel. That, that's 100,000 people a day for like nine days, but like in theory, it was 18 days. I was there for Thanksgiving and everything, and so basically I was handed all of these temp agency people from Miami, people <laughs> like kind of like right out of like jail and crap, you know, so all different shapes and forms basic glorified hands you know and so it was my job to round up the troops you know gather their focal point of attention i'm like all right everybody we got three hours on the assembly line of cubanos you make it sandwich town let's do it so i I put on i I put on like james brown pandora and get like everybody in like yeah. this funky mood everybody's feeling good passing the pickles give me the bread and i just like oh god that memory is just like forever embedded in my head so when <laughs> i feel like people are down the dumps like at work yeah. i put on james brown and or akon depends on the scene you got to feel it out right, or like yeah. shakira pandora also she's great <laughs> do you think <laughs> Get julia, a lot music do, in my life do you think julia childs had a uh, a playlist and they didn't have, you know, iPods and all that back then. But. I feel like she would just like, like, a good piano solo. Yeah. Just, like, no words. Yeah, a little piano. Yeah. Or maybe, like, a violinist just playing it. Right. Oh, my God. No, that, <laughs> it reminds me, when I was younger, in elementary school, this woman, Miss Cowan. Uh, I know Miss Cowan. Do you? Yeah. No, no I don't. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Every time it was, uh, we had social studies in elementary school, and we had to take a test. We had like a, a trifold manila folder, which like you clearly still could cheat if you really wanted to, you know. So everybody <laughs> had these little manila folders on, uh-huh. and she would play Enya like while we're like taking Ooh. the test. Who can say where the wind and it's like so soothing. <laughs> You're almost like falling asleep taking this test. Yeah. And then she like yell at somebody who finishes first with her shoes off, like, Danny, come push me to the fridge, get me a Diet Coke on like her wheelie computer chair. <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's to, relatable, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. It's all. It's a spider web here, people. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the movie at hand, let well, let's play this scene. This is a great scene for uh, Julia, played brilliantly by well, the brilliant Meryl Streep, oh, and God, her and her legend. husband, uh, played by Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, just one of our. He's. Have you ever read a Tucci cookbook? No. He's I got don't... a bunch of cookbooks. Really? I yeah. didn't even know that. Really? Yeah. Oh. He's like really into cooking. News so flash. I feel like he was already friends with Meryl Streep, but I feel like this was just to be in a cooking movie again. I think he's definitely going to be in at least one or two other movies I'm going to cover on the podcast. Mm. But he's he's a total foodie. Oh, wow. So, that's great. Let's, I, mean, let's not, pl- I did not even know that. Ever. Yeah, but let's, let's play this scene. What should I do, do you think? About what? I don't really want to go back into government work. Mm-hmm. No, but I, shouldn't I find something to do? Wives don't do anything here. That's not me. This is not me. I know. Mm. I saw a notice on the bulletin board at the embassy for hat making lessons. You like hats? 
I do. I do. I do. What is it that you really like to do? Eat. <laughs> I like to do. I know. I know. I know. And we are so good at it. Look at you. Now, growing in front of you. Meryl Streep is just again and 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 Tucci, but I mean the Meryl the Meryl Streep's uh, you know Julia Child is just a great role for her. And, oh, yeah. and I mean, in, in, in this movie, I think Amy Adams and her husband end up watching the Dan Aykroyd, Julia Child's like SNL sketch or whatever. They're mm. laughing at it. And, but you know, so it's a, it's a fun voice to do, but I mean, but she owns it. There's, so, there's certain roles out there that I feel, you know, when like in a, in a biopic that the characters too, I mean, Julia Child's is larger than life, but some actors can't capture that. So then it just seems like a, kind of like a SNL sketch, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. here she just owns it. And this is interesting to the, it's, I mean, the, this whole movie is mirrored again. It's the whole, it's the two different timelines. And again, it's a wife talking with her husband and the husband's trying to help and push them toward the, you know, he, he, both husbands want their wives to be happy. So, I mean, what, what did you, what did you take away from this scene? And the scene goes on, but. That I love this scene because, um, you know, so he's moving away. He's moving away back to America to do to do his job. That that's where the work is. So he's leaving her behind in Paris, where they just moved there. And she's like, "What do I do here? Everybody here is just like a normal housewife. They just have responsibilities of take of caretaking." You know, and just like, like yeah, just I'm, the homemaker. Yeah, 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 I'm better than that. I do. I, I've, I've more of a purpose in yeah. life. You know, and he's like, well, what would you do? It's like, I don't know. I'd make hats yeah. or play bridge. I would love to be. I would love to work in haberdashery, but I mean, I'm happy, Julia I Childs. Mean, I mean, I live, I live in East Village. There's a hat. There's a hat store across the street from my house. I still don't know how they're still in business. No, but, yeah, there's certain. But they're stores, going yeah. strong. You know, you gotta appreciate the hustle. You know. Yeah. But um. She's and the guy's like he's he's like he's like what do you love to do and she's like I love to eat and it's like that's just <laughs> don't we all exactly and so just that whole that is the skill set that that is that is the that is the golden explanation you know what I'm saying if you love to eat I love to cook I love to nourish people like mm-hmm. I know when. Like, all hell breaks loose, and there's a zombie apocalypse. People need to freaking eat, okay? I will still always have a job and a purpose. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about yeah. all of it, you know? Yeah. I don't need to be in no bougie, like, Hamptons restaurant. I don't need to be in, like, a Michelin star place, like, in, in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I just need to know how to feed people. And, like, I, I – that's just – that's just that's just who I am. I almost can't turn it off, you know. But yeah. I love that scene though, how her husband's just trying to push her in the right direction of like like what do you want? What's gonna make you happy? And she's like, I mean food, eating. That makes me happy. He's like, So do it. Food Yeah, food food food's the best. I love it. <laughs> I'm growing in front of you right now. I'm gonna be a chef in Paris. <laughs> Uh, and, and like I said, the scene after that, 
it continues with her and I mean there's some great you know at first she is taking some I think like hat making classes yeah <laughs> and then, but then she realizes what she goes into her like first cooking class right? well after that so she's like she's like well I like bridge I could take bridge classes mm-hmm. and he's like do you like bridge he's like I like the idea of bridge. Oh, wanna, so it's wh- like wh- a card game. Like, cool. Want to know something interesting? The woman that's teaching that bridge class, I read this on IMDb, that is Julia Child's granddaughter. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, little, my God. You would do your research on that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's my one little bit of trivia. Oh, that's great. Um, but I love the rest of that scene, how she goes into this class, and it's all like, housewife women that just they're trying to just be homekeepers you yeah, know get and better and, at cooking yeah and so so they start with like like here's how to boil an egg and she's like oh yeah <laughs> i thought this could be a little more advanced and then the woman was like aggressively redirecting her not to do it but kind of like d- telling her to do it yeah. well we have it like an accelerated male based program mm-hmm. that's really expensive and you probably won't be interested into it and she's like how much she's like she didn't care yeah you know and then so here she is she comes in it reminds me of me like i like i come into work like drop kicking the door down like hola <laughs> like, come with us jose miguel how's the fam looking good you know like i Embrace that. So she came in into this class of all men being like, bonjour, like I'm ready to cook, yeah. like super <laughs> like stoked about it. And um, the whole scene, because they have this scene and they have like a flashback to the scene like later on in the movie about how she's, everybody's like chopping the onions like super fast and she's like, like kind of like, like sawing it like, you yeah. know, like a, like a piece of melon or bread or whatever. And the, the gentleman was saying, you know, this is how you have to hold your knife. This is so way you do it. Yourself, and this is the way yeah. to do it faster. You know, and so she's looking around and like all the men are judging her. There's another scene where she's talking to her husband about being discouraged because the men are judging her of her pace in this class that she said she can do. Yeah, what is so, she? She's practicing mincing like onions. No, right like julienning <laughs> onions. Oh, just like holding it and just like... Like, yeah. like, you know, so she's trying to get to that point. But so she's what, like, what is a julienne? So a julienne is just a, a, a long, thin cut onion. Okay. You know, so we're not dicing brunoise. Okay. We don't need to get all Frenchy with all the terms. <laughs> it's a thinly sliced onion, people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> um, and I just, and my favorite moment in the movie is that she's in the class. She's slow as hell when she said she could do it. She's talking to her husband, like, all these men, just, like, they, they just discourage me. Like, I know I could do it. I'm no one better than this. And he just pushes her, promotes her to the being the best. And she just practices at home with, like, 100 pounds of onions in her own personal house yeah. space. And she comes in hot, like, that next week, like like, just to, like, show off and that's how I feel like when I come into work as a female I need to be better than like the girl Melissa Melissa yeah I need to be better than her and I need to be better than everybody else that's around me and faster you know so Julia Child comes in and she's like 
like chudo chop <laughs> with like the onions and she was so proud and she like at the end of that scene I remember she like like flared her air like her hands in the air like woo yeah yes I did it like <laughs> like see that all right see me I did that all right I beat you you're still cutting your onions you know so that scene resembles myself when I yeah. come into work very often you know yeah. so I love that it was great well, she's so she's so good in the film that let's let's play that scene. Let's hear Meryl Streep. Let's hear Julia Childs championing the men. Yes. Dear Avis, I'm in my third week at Le Cordon Bleu, and I'm in utter bliss. Every morning the alarm goes off at six thirty, and I leap out of bed. By seven thirty, I'm in class, in my apron peeling potatoes then we cook stock and we bone fish we dress pigeons we make pastry with so much butter it almost stops your heart just to look at it my teacher moves so quickly I'm sometimes lost but I'm way ahead of the others in the class all the men and all of them very unfriendly until they discovered I was fearless something I realized about the same time they did. I was fearless. <laughs> <laughs> She's hammering what She's using the rolling pin, but then just totally uh, whacking yeah, away at the dough. Breaking down lobsters, yeah, like just totally, spinal cord to yeah. the face. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, she's just, I, I definitely, I need to go back. Have you ever, like, really, like, watched, like, a Julia Child's, like, cooking lesson? Like, the, her, what, her TV show that she got? You know, I never really, I watched Julia Child growing up. But, like, I never, like, like got super inspired at that exact moment because I was younger. That wasn't my first passion, you know, mm-hmm. of just going home and just cooking that recipe that I just saw her do, you know. But I do remember her being on, like, a... A USA Today or Regis and Kelly or like let's do a morning talk show. Yeah, talk. some yeah. type of a morning talk show, and they brought her on to do a basic pie dough. You know, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't no beef bourguignon. It wasn't like Emma Lagasse. Like here's a pie dough with like zatar spice in it. Like 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 you like you don't need to mess it up. You know, like just like that sailing term, like kiss, like. Like, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I need to tell myself that far more often. <laughs> like, like I, like, I should take my own advice. Like, <laughs> But basically, just having her, this legend on a TV show, to make the most, most basic thing. And it's just all about ratios, timing, love, and attention. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it simple. That that's all you need to know. Don't don't overanalyze it. Don't overthink it. And that was just what she represented. So I was like, I remember like being blown away about how uh, you want you want this legend, the myth, Juliana show just yeah. to do a pie dough. It's like, yeah, okay, like people, we we got the, the internet for that. But here she is in the flesh. So yeah. I'm gonna listen what she has to say more so than the internet. I'm with the rest of the film. With the two split timelines, it's, I mean, so Julia is just, once she takes this, the class that she, you know, was fearless in front of all these men, Mm. it's about her pretty much then meeting two women and starting this, the journey of the book, right? The mastering the, uh, 
art of French cooking. Right. So that whole um, five hundred twenty-four recipes. Yeah. I mean, again, that's the whole in three hundred sixty-five days. Amy Adams' character of Julie, uh, who's based off of then like this is the real life person. I mean, this is so. This is it's, this actually is a true story. Yeah, this is a true movie. story. So it's so not just it's happen. not just. That would be like that would be a cool movie. Someone says like, "Oh, let's make a movie about someone that tried to, you know, do all of mastering the art of, you know, French cooking." I mean, five hundred twenty-four recipes in three hundred sixty-five days is pretty aggressive. But like some recipes, like you need other recipes to do one big recipe. But like, mm-hmm. that's how I think of anything of like people that live like organically. It's just gets very expensive <laughs> after a while. But in in retrospect, like I love the 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 passion, the stimulation behind Amy Adams' character, saying, "Why not? I'm gonna do it. Don't tell me no. This is what, and, yeah. and it blows up and while she becomes, working a full time job. Yeah, and she and it becomes this huge thing that she gets very overwhelmed with, you know. Um, but with Julia, you know, she was in um, in France when she got this goal that she's she's gonna she's gonna cook. Like mm-hmm. don't like. Don't tell me I'm not gonna, so, you know. So she's looking for all of these classical French books in English in Paris. Yeah, that's the big thing and, is that there's no English. And every is really weird, right? Like that, that not was, that long ago. I mean, I think I think it was like it was a new uh, new age of an era, to be honest. You mm-hmm. know, so if she's that first one that did that, you know. But the whole thing was she like went to all these stores looked for any classical french cookbook in english they were not available so she found the best book and she herself learned french and converted the whole book into english which is now this legendary julia child's cookbook it's like you have to own that you know so that was the whole premise of that inspiration behind it even with julie she's like well i'm gonna do julia child's cookbook you know so these are all these french recipes that are now converted into english and now that's why they're here in america because julia child did that movement of looking for it outsourcing it and training herself and converting it to that you know so it's very inspiring yeah and there is a little bit of like at towards the end so Julie does get a bunch of people following her blog, and then she even gets you know, an article written up, and then she's going to end up going on, I think, some TV shows and talking about it. Mm-hmm. But then Julia Childs is still alive in 2003 and hears about it and just hasn't, like... Ooh, uh, oh, is, God, that's, that's the best be, scene! <laughs> is, is there just, like, is there anything worse than meeting or that she didn't meet her but hearing that like someone that inspires you or like a hero like not disapproving of i don't know or not disapproving but just not impressed <laughs> um well just the idea of, of of word getting back to to julia from julie you know because like she was having like a meltdown moment and then like she's like literally in the middle of a crisis and her husband like says like, Hey, there's like this reporter is on the phone. He wants to write about you, about your blog. And so with that, so word gets out. So now, so now she blew up overnight, gone viral. Julia child in Paris, you know, 
did shame her. She did rip her apart, you know, which I don't understand why she, uh, like, didn't respect or appreciate me. I think it's more of just, like, a, a woman thing, like, like, this was my thing. Yeah, I, pre- I paved the way, and now you're just mimicking. Yeah, you're mimicking it, and you're making your own name for yourself yeah. based off of my success. I can see how that that being a woman, yeah. a uh, woman, and thing. I'm sure the age gap too. Is totally, yeah, hundred percent. But like, um, like for me, uh, I had like two funny stories to say about this. It's just that. There was one time I was I was working on a spring in Lafayette in Manhattan and and I was just like outside I don't know what I was doing but um, basically I see Scott Conant from the Food Network come mm-hmm. down come down the road and oh my God Whew, he looked like John Travolta in this like baby blue suit with his like his like <laughs> bl- like yellow aviators just like casually like at a slow pace like strutting uh-huh. down the street you know hair looking amazing was he walking slow pace or did you see no he literally was like john travolta from the opening scene of saturday night fever (laughs) like slow pace i'm the shit nobody's around me come fuck with me Uh and i'm I'm like oh drooling like on the ground (laughs) and so i ran i ran up to him in like a word vomit i'm like hey chef ah like Big fan, and so he did one of these things, like a shoulder shrug, and like waved his hand away, like, "Oh, sorry, I'm in a rush. I got somewhere to go." And I was like, "What? Oh. That was my moment. Like, uh. I, I, like, if I had one picture in my life when I was a child of who my husband would be and look like, it would be Scott Conant. <laughs> and so now here you are in the flesh, and you shut me down so hard. And then." Full circle, a year later, I was working for uh, helping my friend launch his business at an urban space, like the Madison Square Bites, Broadway Bites, like one of those mm-hmm. like, pop-up food courts. And so Scott Conan's like looking around, like looking at all the food, and he's like on this like really aggressive diet, like via his nutritionist and shit. And so I was like, chef, hey, like, can I like buy you lunch? Like, da-da-da. he's like, no, like my nutritionist and I can't have that. I was like. Okay, fine. Now I'm, like, sitting here. I have major amounts of FOMO working. I'm, like, I need to, like, hop over this booth and talk to him because he didn't give me the time of day last time. And I went up to him and spit-fired that I was Mark Murphy's executive patient chef of his hotel and Mark Murphy's is Scott Cooden's best friend from Chopped. You know, so <laughs> yeah. the second I, like, name drop Mark Murphy yeah. and said, oh, Mark Murphy's patient chef, like, hey, how are you? Like, and then I... Uh, he's all, so he's all about, like, the... the uh, just, the, like, like Hollywood yeah. in New York, you know? That's La- just labels, kinda, labels. Yeah, dude, yeah. like, that's what it was. Like, not giving me the time of day, first time around. I'm pretty sure I cried. <laughs> and, then, and then here it is the second time. He redeemed himself... Because I was I was so salty that like this is my fucking like my childhood idol. Here he is in the flesh. He wants nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And then so like I had to like really aggressively tell him the story of my life very quickly, just so he heard Mark Murphy, pastry chef. Hey, how are you? Yeah. And then now he's got all this time to talk to yeah. me. <laughs> Shoot the shit. Long story short, I got a picture out of it. I'm like cheesing <laughs> so hard. It was like still was the best moment of my life and. Still, even and, with all... Well, 
I did meet him a third time on the street walking by Penn Station. Are you stalking? No, Scott I bumped Coates? into him. I was like, the, Chef, the city of I was nine like, Chef, people. like Scott Coden, hey, like like a shooting McGavin type of yeah. thing. <laughs> and he like, it seemed what I thought he remembered me. Yeah. Or it could just be in my head, but he didn't jade me like he did the first. No, he remembered. So he you. redeemed. He himself, remembered. You know, so I, that was like a proud moment. <laughs> but in terms of like female chefs, I haven't really had the privilege to. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I worked with Amanda Fry tag once, and she asked me where sheet pans were. I was like, "Oh, they're right over there." <laughs> I'm like, that was it. I was That's like, okay, it. you're nice. That's true. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> is, uh, is there anything else from this? I mean, well, I mean, again, if, if you're listening to this, please have watched the movie. So you know what happens in the movie. Julia Child obviously ends up becoming a huge international success with the book and then a TV show. And then uh, Julie writes this book then that then this movie is based off of. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens with their characters. But is there anything else that about this movie that you want to... I mean, I just adore the, the fact that it's definitely um, a true story. I love the fact that it can still um, promote um, housewives, non-cooks, cooks, just people that are looking for hobbies. Like, not even just someone like me that's a chef. It just can really just promote even just, you know, fitness or other things, things other than food, you know, just finding that point in your life that's going to finding that happy place you know Mm -hmm. i think that's something we all need to prioritize our time nowadays we are all getting very much consumed and caught up with day-to-days and things that are just not not valuable to our headspace you know so i think i just would love to like promote that but like the one of the last scenes is when uh julie amy adams uh, she's having like a friend's dinner on her roof deck in uh, wherever it is she's living, and it's her final meal. Long you know, Island City. Oh, that's the funny thing too. They moved from Brooklyn to Lo- you know Long Island. I think Williamsburg, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. to Long Island City, Queens. It's like I hate this. It's just funny that like in 2003, Long Island City was considered such a you know like I don't want to live there while right. It's very desolate. I mean, it's up and coming. You yeah, know, I could see the pain. You yeah. know, but. <laughs> But, I mean, you're definitely getting, like, way, like, you're getting your money's worth 100% out there. Yeah. So, it was just, like, the ending, one of the ending scenes of the movie was just very beautiful, that she's having all of her friends over, this is the last meal from the cookbook, you know, 524 recipes, 365 days later, growing pains, it was, it was a lot on her marriage, on her job, but she, she's just... She loves it. She's yeah. she's really excited about about this a uh, big accomplishment in her life, and I think uh, I think it's adorable how she talks to her husband, uh, saying she's quoting Julia Child. You know, you are uh, the butter to my bread, the bread to my life. You know, I mean, Aww. I am single, Manhattan, but <laughs> you know that's how I feel about food, and it's just like that gives me all of my motivation to. Wake up, grind, and just, just, you know, I could do a 16-hour shift, no problem, you know, yeah. just because I like being at work, which sounds crazy to a lot of people. <laughs> but, like, without my work, I really don't know what I would what I would be, what I would do, you know. So everything about me cooking, everything about, like, who I've been, what I was, what I am now, it all, like, replicates why, 
why I am the way I am today, you know, and, and uh, sometimes I'm, you know, confidently like my own best worst competition, you know, and I'll, yeah. and I'll take that, you know, like I, I'm always trying to outdo myself in the next thing and keeping my, my, my business as of three years, like growing. And so it's just, it's just all about, like I said earlier, adapting and reacting and just kind of finding what works for you. Like just like the restaurants didn't work for me, the hotel restaurants didn't work for me. So catering is really what I've adapted to different people, different menus, different scenes, backyards, rooftops, beachfronts in the Hamptons, you know, going in Miami. I'll take that. That's fine. You know, so just, it's all about catering to the people, you know, humbling yourself and just really, uh, embracing, you know, the task at hand and just, just knowing what you're good at, staying true to yourself, you know, just don't let it become you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, a great lesson from the film. Mm -hmm, Totally. People watch Julie and Julia, and that is the film for this episode, but this isn't just a, a show that we, you know, talk just one movie because there, there are only so many movies about food or drink, but there are so many films that have great food scenes. Mm. And so I feel like that, you know, when I was trying to, when I was coming up with the premise of this show, I didn't know exactly what, I'm sure I'll bend the rules here and there for what movies will be like the topic of the episode. But again, there's so many great films that have great food scenes. And so I have this little segment that will just kind of talk for, we'll play a clip from a, you know, food scene from a movie and we'll talk about it for a few minutes, but then they tend to be, you know, funny little scenes. But I'm going to have you pick it out of... Did I bring a hat? No, I didn't, so you'll pick it out of my hand. I'll have to get, like, a chef's hat or something. All right. Ooh, that'd be and, fun. But we'll just... Uh, I may have one for you. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> here we go. They're just random, so go ahead. What calls to me? Let's see. What do we got? If you when can I read, want a chicken Let's dinner. see if you can read my handwriting. Let's see. Oh, my God, that's so freaking relatable. What's that? Mrs. Doubtfire preparing dinner Ooh. because she reminds me of Julia with the cream pie face. woo <laughs> <laughs> That's another, I wasn't even. So you didn't that, think of that scene. Well, I mean, well, this is the preparing. Well, now we're, you we're going we're to we're play the scene for you. Okay, pinch your basil. Smells like burnt rubber. God, it's hot in here. Look at this. My first day as a woman, I'm getting hot flashes. That's right. I always say that line, I just always say I, I, uh, that line is like, 
I'll say like first day on the job, I'm already getting off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually the other thing about it, as you were saying before we played the clip, then there's the pie, which I actually, I'll have to send you the picture in my apartment next to my refrigerator. I have like a fa- face portrait. No, yeah, I do. Of oh the, my yeah. God. So that's oh. just like, you know, that I means so that's, yeah, that's a food scene. And then like, obviously then the pie coming off and going into the, oh, oh, yes. the oh and then yeah. even him, then he throws fruit. At, that's a food, that's a food scene. Right, that a, is a food it was a run scene. by fruiting, and then yeah. at the end, uh, maybe was Mrs. Doubt was Mrs. Doubtfire a foodie film? I think. Do we have so. to contemplate? I, like, maybe. I have to maybe have to reassess. KBK maybe. coming in hot part two. <laughs> there, ooh, yeah, <laughs> Doubtfire. That could be. That's a fun. You know what? Yeah, we will. Yes. That's already bending the rules. To be continued, yeah, people. Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> but, yeah, because then even at the end of the film, he puts the pepper on Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce I Bross love that with the, to pepper. with the cream pot. Ooh, yeah. hello! <laughs> <laughs> but that, did you ever, what, what's like a, that's, that's a meal, that's a cooking scenario gone wrong. Oh my that's, God, this, I hate how relatable this is. Oh actually. no, uh-oh. When I, was, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't mean to bring up some like no, when PTSD, I was, when like... I was, 16, 17, it was like this uh, mutual friends from my kids in like my elementary school or whatever. Here it is, first day on the job as the babysitter. You know, parents are gone, uh. but like I didn't come in for a formal interview beforehand because I was like referred to by a friend because sure. I need somebody last minute. So <laughs> I came in last minute. And granted, like, you know, I'm a real cook. Like, I cook with fire and flames and water and things like that. So this is my first time ever in my life cooking with an electric stove. (laughs) And I remember these two girls, like uh, Gianna and Julia, like, I think that was their names. Mm -hmm. They're so sweet. Uh, I think one was six, the other one was eight. And here it is, like, first babysitter, day on the job. And I know I'm burning the house down to the ground. Okay? What happened? I just, it's a grilled cheese, easy task at hand. Yeah. But I'm unfamiliar with how like electric stoves work oh, okay, because okay. I grew up with gas stoves. Yeah. And I had this electric stove and the whole like pan engulfed in flames. The whole house is smoky. The smoke detector's going on. And what else happens? Their freaking father walks in like, hey, I'm the babysitter. Don't worry. Everything's okay. I promise. It's like, hi. Like, hi, I'm Carly. (laughs) And that was just like so traumatic. And that's exactly like that missed out fire scene. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) Was that your first and only time babysitting? No. No, Yo, I'm a... I'm a phenomenal babysitter. Oh, that was my of course. Well, you're good at everything. First and last time, like, using an electric stove. I'm just like, I'm like, we got no flames nearby? <laughs> like, oh, I got a stick lighter. I could do better things with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. This is, I, I need to I need to come up with, I need segment titles. Foodie, foodie fans, write on our Facebook, on Instagram. Give me suggestions. But this is a, this, this last part before we close out is uh is a speed round it's not it's not like i clock it or anything like that but it's just like i'm just gonna ask like a bunch of questions so just don't you know you don't have to think too much okay. about them Spe- but yeah just you know whatever whatever speed first, dating foodie you know, style yeah let's do it <laughs> speed dating. oh there we go maybe there that's go. what you're like yeah um all right favorite fast food huh <laughs> uh 
Crunch Drop Supreme Taco Bell. Ooh. Tits. All right. Uh, go to beer and or cocktail. Oh, God. I love a mezcal margarita and also anything like double, triple IPAs, but specifically delirium tremens. Like I normally tell people like, I want a guy to look at me the way I look at beer. So I just, I'm obsessed. Uh, hum- humble brag, I've been to the delirium bar in Brussels. Just shut up. Whatever. <laughs> right? More fun things you've done. Uh, fa- <laughs> favorite childhood snack? Ah, anything hazelnut, but specifically for a Rocher. Ooh. Uh, I got sweet, all the answers. Sweet or savory? Sweet. No, savory. Totally. <laughs> there you go. Actually, Ooh. like, eh, that's kind of hard. Like, I eat something salty. Immediately you want something sweet. That's a tough to, question. And I need to, like, eat a pretzel rod right after yeah. it. So I guess savory. Yeah. Okay. I think most people, like, especially if you're going to say, like, sweet or savory for the rest of your life, you can't eat sweet the rest of your life. I, yeah, I got a hankering yeah. sweet tooth, though. But I need to, like, so do I. But I need to, like eat a pretzel rod, like, yeah. right after I eat a chocolate. A chocolate covered pretzel. Sometimes it's not salty enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite food city, domestic, uh, and or, or, inter- or both international? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I live in Manhattan, Avs, Avi, it's yeah. Manhattan, okay. you know, uh, specifically East Village, West Village, Lower East Side specifically, but, uh, you know, I haven't been, but I do hear great things about Charlotte and Austin, up and coming scenes, I just haven't been there, so I know those are probably close second and third. Cool. Favorite cuisine? Uh, that's... Very tough because I love and adore the Long Island girl at heart that I am. I love seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love like Asian Asian fusion or just like Asian profiles with seafood, just okay. like the, the Surrenda place that we went yes. to. So that's like seafood with like Asian flavors, but it's a seafood restaurant that like throws poison onion chili jam in there mm. you know stuff like that so <laughs> it's hard to explain but <laughs> guilty pleasure food oh or just or you know yeah, guilty pleasure comfort food you just know. like last meal type crap i just love eggs benedict any or french onion soup or tuna melt, but it needs to be made for my mom. Ugh, like, shut up! You don't know. You haven't had Nan's. Warm mayonnaise. You haven't had Nan's tuna melt. Your mother is a lovely lady, but just Ugh. warm mayonnaise. It needs to be like never... burnt on the top. So I worked at I worked <laughs> just... I worked at a deli. I still work random days there, just because you know, as a freelancer and just any days off, I, I like to keep busy. And the two things, two sandwiches I hate making the most are tuna melts and liverwurst sandwiches. See, you're just going about life all wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite condiment? That I love raw red onions on a burger. Okay. Okay. But in terms of burgers, I don't eat, I don't have like burgers with ketchup. I love any form of aioli or like mayo-based sauce mm-hmm. dipping in chicken, french fries, burgers. I'm all about like the versatile span of aiolis which are mayo based sauces there you go <laughs> take uh, notes people <laughs> <laughs> what's the last thing you ate Ooh, dollar fish tacos at cooper's today <laughs> you my budget possibly alluded to this with guilty pleasure food what would be, what would be your last meal oh a hundred percent like 
take it to my grave, eggs freaking Benedict. Like, if if I have no teeth, somebody's putting that shit in a blender and spoon feeding it to me. It is the last thing I'm eating, 100%. It's my favorite, favorite meal. It's my birthday meal. It's my, it's some, I just graduated or whatever. It's some form of a holiday. Christmas, we're eating eggs Benedict. Any some sort of a hollandaise? <laughs> uh, no, but I've had it. I, I had once at Jane a white truffle uh, hollandaise sauce with a pork belly eggs Benedict. I'm just like, ugh, take my money. Love I, this. I will preface this by saying I absolutely love eggs Benedict. Did you did you know that the late great Anthony Bourdain did not like brunch and specifically eggs Benedict? <sighs> he would. That sounds something like he wouldn't <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm talking all the dead, but I think Anthony Bourdain just like. God rest have... the dead, but you know yeah. he would be like, no, like we don't need these meals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eat in or eat out. Um. Cook so it. I, the, I You're lived a cook. In, I you? lived in Manhattan for six years. Uh, I have maybe ordered seamless four times uh-huh. on my own personal credit card, like four times. Definitely eat out, but I also haven't bought myself groceries in a year because I just I'm a class A workaholic. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if I could eat out all the time, like I'd feel like I'd be living my best life. So definitely that. <laughs> Spirit food. Um, it's funny. Like as you can tell from our our music festival, uh, people see and meet me and they associate me with like veganism and vegetarianism like uh i mean i am i always always cater to the one percent you know everybody can like eat from the masses i'm the one person that like i never like drop the ball or like or like oversee not accommodating for the one gluten-free dairy-free vegan kosher vegetarian person i will always take that one person that's in the group and if it's a private group I'll make the whole group just that one thing but like hearty and delicious so you don't realize you're not eating meat or cheese or whatever but I think people gravitate towards me maybe based off of how I look or just just my my presence my aura Mm -hmm. whatever that like uh they they think that I always cater to that so I do you know, so I think like just vegetables are like my spirit foods. You know, it's hard to that's a it's a hard thing to explain. That's kind of like the last quick answer one, but the last question is greatest lesson you've learned in food. And I feel like you've kind of said this between like the last part when we were talking about the film and just even with your last question, but I mean Yeah, again, like going back to the music festival and just everything about what I've learned about um, my skill sets, what I'm good at, bad at, or things that, that I I'm I can excel at faster than people. It's just about adapting and reacting, you know, like like seeing things down the pipelines of, of, of a whole, of what's missing, what can go wrong, or what like the people want, reacting very quickly and accommodating, you know, so in, in, in that sense, you know, catering, like, you know, my ice cream booth turned into a taco stand by day three out of four, you know, here I am trying to sell ice cream 
and word got out that I'm doing these gluten-free vegan tacos and just that pe- one guy I was like, oh I'm my Saturday. god that guy <laughs> this guy came back he spent thirty six dollars three like in like in in one two three times in a ten hour festival came back he's a vegan who doesn't like greens he's like leave the arugula on the side and his one vegan's friend's like i'll take his arugula i was like okay like i don't know what's going on but basically it was like (laughs) a lightly toasted pretzel bun with sun-dried tomato chimichurri and balsamic glaze two of those twelve dollars each three times throughout a course of a day and he came back and spent his hard-earned money on bread and like condiments. <laughs> and this guy was taking like like clam shots, like Instagram photos, like recruiting people from the street. You know, so I'm not trying to take anything away from your dish because I had it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, it was a festival. The maybe eggplant caprese was good though. Yeah, so as well, is. As is, but it was a festival. Maybe he was under under some influence of some substances. I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, I, I just, like, a vegan who doesn't like arugula, but, yeah. like, give me all the condiments. Yeah. <laughs> he was my biggest fan. That guy was great. But... <laughs> so, accommodating. And, and then just looking ahead and just, you know... Yeah, just uh, uh, seeing, seeing the niche, seeing the hole, seeing mm-hmm. what's missing, and really just hearing and listening to what the people want, mm-hmm. and then quickly reacting. Yeah. That's just always been such a skill set of mine, you know, just, just, I, I'm always just about catering to everybody, not just majority needs to be everybody. Okay. Everybody needs to be fed. Everybody needs to eat. And if I'm the one person that's going to give the gluten free, the dairy free, the vegans, the vegetarians and all the carnivores, all that good crap, that's what I represent, you know, so just, just. Very full circle, full service. You know, I don't leave, I don't leave things out. I'm very start to finish. We're having a sit down dinner. We're making fresh bread. We're getting an appetizer. Maybe throw a soup, entree, and there has to be dessert. You know, it needs to be full circle. That's mm. just who I am. Yeah. I don't see any way around that. Awesome, Carly. Thank you so much, Kyle. This thank is, you. It's <laughs> been amazing. Uh, uh, anything? What? Let's plug your uh your business kbk right kbk crafted by carly so i spell my name carly with a k carly from long island with an l i so you can't misspell it it's (laughs) carly with a k and an l i uh so it's crafted with a k by carly k-a-r-l-i dot com that's my instagram um, that's my email, you know, just if anybody wants any private parties, you know, basically. Yeah, what you, yeah tell everyone what you. Yeah, so I, I come to you. I'm full service. You know, you have an idea, a menu, you want a Fiesta Tuesday, mm-hmm. you want, you know, Aunt Sally's 50th birthday party, you got bachelorette parties, post wedding brunches. I'm very full service. Sky's the limit with me. You know, I can suggest things or if you have a vision, I'll make it come true, you know, with props and, uh, you know, the ideas and food. I do wine pairings, you know, drop off vineyard lunches, all that good stuff. So when you're hanging out with your friends in Greenpoint, you know, and like <laughs> KBK is like dropping off lunch. Where'd you get that? Like, I saw you know this girl, which is kind of great. Yeah. But well, I've, so, yeah, I've worked, you've hired me to film two of your uh, food stands at, two, you know, two events and the pastrami sliders. But actually the, the latkes, those were. That was your favorite? Yeah. yeah. 
yes. Oh, that's my veg option coming yeah. in hot. I'm. I mean, hey, I'm a. You know, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a bigger fella, and I. I love my meats, but I mean, give me. You know. You don't need it, right? You don't. You don't. Oh, you, don't you don't need it. And that, the laka. What was on the the pickled? Right? It was a um savory apple and fennel compote with like caramelized onions yeah. and like braised wine. With like a dill crema and a that oh a that, yeah the dill which you, then you use the dill again I said that to Aaron oh, yeah. I said I said <laughs> I said it to Aaron's your sous chef yeah he was my sous chef for my and, second event yeah also. and I said to him I was like oh is the is the dill on this the same as the dill the, beet, the he, beet yeah slider. the beet, yeah and he's like wow and I'm like I'm, I've, got, it, I've got a pretty good palate it's making yeah. its second big debut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I, I need that. That might be my favorite condiment. Oh, that's great. I love that. That was so funny. <laughs> okay, and Carly, thank you so much. Oh, Kyle, um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And you can follow this show, Foodie Films, on cageclub.me, along with so many other great podcasts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit me up. Give me some segment title names. And let's have fun with this. The on the on again a, a PS I love Hoffman we had a, a little sign out a little you know last line and that was stay uncool that was d- derived from the film Almost Famous and that you know that was just oh, love that you, movie. you know Philip Seymour Hoffman was just not your everyday looking like handsome leading actor I mean he's a, he's a good looking guy but he just you know was bigger and uh, so to stay uncool is very much in line with that this uh, food is just about love and life and family and so I just really wanted something right from the first episode to try to encompass that difficult task at hand but I think I came up with it my grandmother always says this when she cooks a meal she says there's more to cut so I feel like that's just like a nice sign off line right that just yeah. I feel like that expands even more just life there's more to experience food there's more mm-hmm. to cut so if you could please say for the foodie fans right now of there's more to cut there's more to cut people beautiful thank you thank you thank you so much yummy 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 I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you love you such a sweet